welcome to another episode here of the Psychiatrist Football Forum. I'm one of your co-hosts from the side, joined as always by my good friend, my good buddy, the other half of the guys, Mr. Tad Desai. And Tad, we're coming to something that I think you've been like relishing pretty much every single season. Like it doesn't even have to wait until we're in draft season. You talk about this nope. like when nope. kickoff happens. And we're I finally talk about going it in August. I talk yeah, about this in August. <laughs> you talk about it after a draft happens. This is how crazy you are with this particular topic that we're talking about. And we're going to pay off the tease here. We are doing a mock draft episode yes, today. Yes, we are. And, I mean, just speak to your excitement for this episode. <laughs> Andy Williams, you can go fuck yourself. This is truly the most wonderful time of year. It is draft season, baby. I am so psyched for this. There is... So much speculation, so many possibilities. This is great. Every team has hope. That's the best part of draft season, man. It's just like every little kid, you know, wants to open the present. Like, this is so great. The Chicago Bears, we're going to talk about them. There's so many possibilities for them. My Indianapolis Colts, we're finally going to get a quarterback under the age of 30. It's amazing. There's so many great possibilities out there. I can't wait to start exploring them. And it's just going to, this is such a great episode. This is the best episode we've done in years. And we are about a minute 30 in. It's going to be amazing. <laughs> well, let's not count out the Colts doing something else at four. As How dare you? Don't, 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 <laughs> don't, like you don't, don't you put that evil on me, Ricky Bobby. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. It is going to be interesting because exactly like I said, it's just like, People do these mock drafts and they try and play it a certain way and they think teams are going to draft a certain way. But every single year you get this team that decides to throw a curveball and it already like adjusts. I wouldn't say it messes up the draft, but it adjusts the drafts. Teams sort of reconsider their strategy. They're like, oh, now this guy's available. Maybe we draft him. Maybe a team decides to trade up. Those teams that don't have first round picks, they sometimes jump into the bottom of the first because they want to get a certain guy who's available there. Or teams that already have picks in the first round, they decide to jump up again because they're like, oh, this guy's still available. Let's go get him sort of thing. So exactly like I said, the draft is so much fun. It is unpredictable. It is just a really, really good time. And yeah, we're going to be getting into it with our first mock draft of the season here. It's only a top 10. We're not going the full 32 or excuse me, we, 31 we, because the Miami Dolphins forfeited their pick, obviously. Um, So yeah, we're not doing the full forfeited forfeited. That's what well, we're going to call it. That that's the way they label it. So that's okay. the way I'm labeling that, that, it. That's some PR moves right there. So we're not going to be doing the full first round. We're only doing the top 10. We're not doing any trades in it either. So it's going to be very just straight to the point. All 10 picks there, all 10 teams I, there. So I tried guys. <laughs> we'll say we that will. for later. We will. We will. It's not going to happen. We'll do it. We'll do it. We'll do it eventually. Yes. You want that argument. A little bit that was later. Good we want to see how things shake up a little bit after the combine, which is happening next week. And then pro days are going to happen all of March and beginning of April too. So that's really going to affect players' stocks and where they're going to land as far as the first round, second round and everywhere in between. So, but yeah, I mean, before we get into all this draft mock draft fun that Tad is just anticipating, he's sitting on the edge of his seat for, for Hurry up. We have Hurry to up. give Hurry a shout up. out to our partners at Bet Online because I mean, the with the draft, you could definitely make all these uh, bets and things, prop bets, all whatever you want with Bet Online because they are your number one source for all your sports betting needs this entire season. You always find the latest odds, team matchup info, player news, game trends, all at Bet Online. And as your continued source for all sports wagering information, Bet Online features live betting, free contests, and giveaways all season long. Always the fastest, easiest way to bet on all your favorite sports and events, whether that's the NFL, the NBA, MLB, NHL, 
esports, MMA, tennis, boxing, golf. They got you covered on all fronts there. So head to Bet Online today on your computer or mobile device, and you can receive a 50% of a welcome bonus on top of your first deposit. Just got to use our promo code BELIEVE. That's capital B L E A V. And you can receive a 50% of a bonus on top of your first deposit. Once again, that promo code is BELIEVE, capital B L E A B. And you can receive your rewards. Bet Online, where the game starts. And Ted, where we start with a mock draft, I mean, you have to start with the first team on the board, and that's the Chicago Bears. So, I mean, obviously, there's a lot of talk about the Bears. Will they stay at one? Are they going to trade down? Who knows what's going to happen there? But like we talked about earlier, we're not going to be doing any trades in this top 10 mock draft. We're keeping every team where they're slotted right now. So, I mean, we're going to start with the Chicago Bears. So, Ted, pass it to you. Who would they take at the number one spot if they're staying where they are? So I'm going to rush through this part. I don't think that the Bears are going to keep this pick. I think they will eventually trade it. I don't know to who. Uh, Texans, Panthers, Colts. It will be I mean, Raiders. It will be very, very fun to watch how this offseason develops. I think, you know, like most people are, most teams are just waiting to see how this whole quarterback carousel. Uh, Aaron Rodgers is out of his dark prison. So a lot of it rides on that as well. Um, so I literally saw it described today as a hobbit hole, which legitimately made me Well, have laugh. you seen pictures then, of it? There's oh, it's, it's actually surprisingly nice. Actually, I'm not going to lie. I mean, the whole windowless aspect is a little bit like weird to me. Like if I had to sit in there for four days or however long he was gone, like I'd lose my mind a little bit. But I mean, I think we all yeah, would. if you're going there for the purpose of like, pushing everything out and like sort of meditating, relaxing. It's like, yeah, it was not a bad setup. Not terrible. Not terrible at all. So anyway, so yeah, is Aaron Rodgers going to be a jet? Is he going to be a Raider? We'll see. So uh, I think that's going to ultimately determine who has the number one overall pick. But like you said, we're sticking with the bears for now. So if the bears decide to keep on, uh, hold on to the number one overall pick, which also was not a terrible decision. If they ultimately decide to do that, because there are a couple of players there, that will benefit them. But I think the one that will benefit them the most, should I do this Roger Goodell style? No, just get to it. Oh, I really want to do that though. <laughs> it's like half the fun of doing things. Fine. God, you take the fun out of everything. See, next time you shouldn't even just ask them. You should just do it. And then I want to get like cards afterwards. made. Like how great would that be if I go like FedEx and like get the cards made? God, that'd be great. Okay, I'm doing that next year. But um, I, I'm actually going to do that too. With the first overall pick, the Chicago Bears select Jalen Carter, the defensive tackle at UGA. You like how it built up that tension? That was good, right? Yeah, it was good. Anyway, so Jalen Carter, here's what I like. I love that. Whenever I get the disapproving head shake, (laughs) it's just like chef's kiss. But anyway, so Jalen Carter... I love this guy. I absolutely I'm I, I don't quite think he's on the level of being the next Aaron Donald, but he's not quite below that either. This guy is a physical freak. And I mean, I I'm gonna kind of borrow a line from Wolf of Wall Street. I'm gonna change it around a bit. Don't judge Jalen Carter on his weaknesses or on his strengths. Judge him on his weaknesses because he has so few. And that's the funny thing. If you look at all of Jalen Carter's, you know, scouting reports and everything, and if you just watch his tape as well, it's like I don't really see anything wrong with it. Like, what's wrong with this guy? And everything is he didn't play a lot of snaps. It's not laziness thing, which uh, it was funny because I haven't heard this complaint since Jadavion Clowney at South Carolina. But 
with Clowney is one of those things where he was just standing on the sidelines and you could just tell he kind of like took himself out of the game. Carter never did that. It was more of a scheme fit is the reason he was taken out. And it was, he wasn't even taken out all that often. It was kind of like a rotational fit on the defensive line all year with Georgia. So that's a dumb complaint in the first place. He's 6'3", 300 pounds. Okay, I'm not that worried. Obviously, he's not going to grow, but he's going to get bulkier. That happens with literally every first-round pick. Once these guys go on their diet plans and everything else, their workout plans, he's going to bulk up. I'm not that worried about his size. He's just he, There's almost nothing wrong with this guy's game. Character issues, because I know this has gotten a lot of PR recently. Character issues with Tom McShay. Tom McShay, get the hell out of here. He just <laughs> endorsed the trade Justin Fields theory. So this yeah. guy's an idiot. So, and yeah, I will stand by that. Tom McShay, you want to come on this podcast? Fight me about that? Fight me. I dare you. This is a challenge. I'm offering that up. So he's character issues. Amar, have you heard the story about the walk-on teammate? Sort of. Okay. So there's a walk-on on the Georgia roster, because he does not have an NIL deal, he still has to do that whole thing that uh, Shabazz Napier was complaining about, where he cannot pay for his meals. What does Jalen Carter do? He takes money out of his NIL deal, puts it on that guy's bank account so he can pay for meals. Does that sound like a bad character to you? Yeah, it doesn't. (laughs) So we have a 6'3", 300-pound defensive tackle with very few technical flaws in this game. That strong, literally, I, I, I normally try to avoid cliches like this, but is as strong as an ox that can push guys around. As And keep in mind, I watched this guy during the national championship. He made my team, TCU, look like a JV team. Yeah. This yeah, dude is a real a deal. <laughs> he will plug instantly a great he will be an instant great plug for the Chicago Bears. Easy pick. Easy pick for the Chicago Bears, number one overall, if they decide to keep it. And this is why they should trade it, because they still could land this guy even if they trade back. No, that's very fair. That's very fair. So I think the Bears will probably stick at defense. I'm not saying for sure that they're going to go Jalen Carter. I think that's easily one of the best options there at the very very first pick of the draft. Um, but I'm going to go in a different direction because I think they really need to increase their pass rush ability. And they really need to make sure they um, get a guy who could get after the quarterback consistently. And that I'm going to go to Alabama and I'm going to go with Will Anderson Jr., the edge rusher out of Alabama. Because, I mean, arguably, you know, with Jalen Carter, arguably probably two of the best players in this draft class. Um, I think you get a guy like this. The Chicago Bears were ranked dead last in sacks last season. They had 20 over across a 17-game schedule. That's one sack a game, or almost one sack a game. So that's not good at all. So, I mean, that's you get terrible. a guy like... That's, that, that's Charles Barkley terrible. That's Charles Barkley you terrible. Do, you do that. Yeah, you do that better than I do. <laughs> it's all good. Um, So, and 100%, I think they need to add that defense. They got head coach Matt Eberflus. He wants to increase that defense, make it more of a powerhouse defense. You know, very similar to, like, you know... San Francisco, where it's like they have such an elite mm. defense that on offense, if they struggle at times, I know it sort of puts more pressure on the defense, but they could sort of back up the offense, give them more opportunities. We said this so many times on the podcast before. So if Iberflus can do that with Will Anderson, get pressure after the quarterback, stop them on three and outs, make force them to punt a lot more, that's just going to benefit the overall team uh, a lot more. So yeah, I got Will Anderson here, but Jalen Carter, I'm not going to argue that pick either. So 
Let's get things moving here. we got a lot yep. more picks let's to get it. to. So let's, let's get to number two. The Houston Texans are in the top five once again. But hopefully, you know, this is the start of a rebirth because they got D'Amico Ryan's the head coach. They're hoping to turn over a leaf here. Uh, so where do you think they go here at number two, Ted? I mean, God, this hurts, and this is why I want to do trades because I love this guy <laughs> so, so much. But if, they do, if there are no trades happening within top two, they are going to take Bryce Young as they should. I love Bryce Young so, so much. This dude is an incredible player. And here's the thing that not a lot of people are talking about that I like a lot about him. People forget Bill O'Brien was this guy's offensive coordinator. And you watch the way he plays, the way he reads defenses is very clear that he re oh, he's already reading defenses on a pro level. So I don't think that transition is going to be as rough for him for Bryce Young as it will be for most other quarterbacks. Um, I will say this last thing before, because I want to give a whole scouting report on Bryce Young, but I know that's not the point of this episode. We'll get to that. Um, yeah. I just want to say this real quick. I hate these Kyler Murray comparisons. Stop comparing Bryce yeah. Young to Kyler Murray. I hate that. Kyler Murray is a runner. Bryce Young is not a runner. He always looks downfield, and there's a particular play that I absolutely love. I, uh, with Bryce Young against LSU, where his pocket totally collapses on him. He has the opportunity to go upfield, where Kyler Murray would absolutely take the opportunity. No, Bryce Young did it, and he you know, had the opportunity. He stayed back. He looked downfield, threw it. It was incomplete. But still, it was he had that patience. So I absolutely love Bryce Young. There are very few things about his game I don't like. His arm strength is my biggest concern, but it's not like he has a noodle arm. He's not Chad Bangton. So I really, really like him. Here's my pro comp for him. I think he's the next Russell Wilson, old Russell Wilson, not Broncos, Russell Wilson. Prime Russell Wilson. Just, yeah, yeah, exactly. I need <laughs> to clarify that. What's a fire Pete Carroll, Russell Wilson? That guy. There you go. There yeah, you there go. we go. Um, yeah, I, I, I have the same pick here at number two, Bryce Young. I think the only thing that sort of worries me a little bit is just – a lot of people are speaking about his size and his frame. So it's like, Fair. you know, at the quarterback <laughs> position, the only thing that sort of worries me a little bit, but I still think he's going to go. He's probably still going to be the first quarterback taken is just we saw this with David Carr. He was a really good prospect coming out of college. He had an absolutely horrific offensive line. What happened to his career? It absolutely went to the toilet. So I'm not saying Bryce Young is going to follow that same model of David Carr, but just Houston's offensive line is, I wouldn't it's say it's bad. horrific, but yeah, it's pretty bad. It so, bad. I mean, they definitely it's need bad. to make some upgrades. They don't have a ton of cap space, so they could maybe sign one or two free agents. But yeah, that's going to be a key thing for me is just if they can sort of upgrade the offensive line a little bit. I'm not saying they have to totally revitalize it like Kansas City did. Like, I mean, they do, but it'll take some time, I'm saying. Um but, yeah, if they could sort of inject a little bit more life into their offensive line, I have a lot more hope that Bryce Young can sort of make it through a 17-game schedule. So that's the only thing that worries me a little bit. But, yeah, I'm not worried about the talent. I'm not worried about his, you know, awareness. I'm not worried about the arm talent, you know, his athletic ability. Like you said, he's looking to pass first as opposed to running. So it's like that's great that he has that ability. But the fact that he wants to move the ball down the field with his arm as opposed to his legs, that's definitely something you want in a quarterback. But, yeah, I think Bryce Young still goes here at number two, even though that make and build sort of worries me a little bit so well, let's move on here to number <laughs> let's move on here to number three we got the arizona cardinals next your colts are coming they're one more pick uh, away. <laughs> no well that was more for bryce young than anything else. there you go yeah. no that's fair that's fair so let's get to the arizona cardinals here you're talking about kyler burry so yeah they got a new head coach there jonathan gannon um so interesting to see where they're going to go with their pick. I think it's pretty clear. You know, I just laid it out for Matt Eberflus. I have an idea of where they're going to go, but Tab, what do you think here at number three? 
So real quick, let me ask you this question. What was the Eagles' biggest strength as a team this year? So quarterback does not count. So other than quarterback with Jalen Hurts, what was their biggest or their strongest position group? Oh, hands down, their front seven, getting after exactly. the quarterback. Exactly. So Jonathan Gannon understands the importance of pass rush. So this is where I think your boy going first overall goes for me, Will Anderson. <laughs> I, nice. I, you know, everything you said, I really like Will Anderson. Now, here's a little bit of a hot take maybe. I think Will Anderson will take a little bit of time to adjust to the NFL. I think a little it's bit possible. more time than people possible. think where he'll only have like oh, only like five sacks in his rookie year. And I was like, Oh my God, like this is a bust. But like, I think in two or three years time, that dude will be a Chandler Jones uh, type pass rusher in the NFL. So I think they go Will Anderson here because is it me or has it been the last like three years in a row where people are like Arizona needs to improve their pass rush. I feel like we've been hearing this forever now. So maybe no, this is finally the time they, uh, they address that. 100%, 100%, because they did have an emerging talent in Zach Allen. He was learning from J.J. Watt. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, they do have him, um, but I think just they need to add another guy opposite him, right? So I think yeah. adding Will Anderson here, excellent move. So in my top 10, I already have Will Anderson taking it number one to Chicago Bears. So I actually have your guy here, Jalen Carter, because I think they still need to upgrade that front seven. The old switcheroo. <laughs> exactly. You get a beast at the defensive tackle position to Jalen Carter to absolutely, you know, take up some of those extra blockers that are coming in after him, allow some of your other guys to get after him. I saw this a lot with San Francisco with Justin Smith. He was able to allow Alden Smith to have career numbers when he was the, you know, the brief career that he had in the NFL. He was really good. Don't, don't bring a Justin. gun to airport, people. Just don't do that. <laughs> so Justin Smith was able to help him do that, and I see Jalen Carter doing the same thing. Also, you know, in the NFC West, they like to run the ball. He's really good at attacking the run, too, so he definitely helped with shoring up that as well. So, yeah, we got the old switcheroo there, you know. Will Anderson here for me, you. I got Jalen Carter here for me here at number three. So now let's get to the big one here. Number four, your Indianapolis Colts. Let's go. There's still a lot of great prospects on the board here, but I have an idea of where you might go with this position because I went there with my position. But, Tad, let's kick it to you here first for your team. What do the Colts do here? Yeah, no, I mean, I'm not going to spend too long on this because everybody knows what I'm about to say. So I'm just going to say it. CJ Shroud. Um, and I mean, there have been rumors of them trading up to number one to get him. There have been rumors of the Texans trading up number one to get him. And I'll be yeah. totally honest at the start of this college football season, I was not a CJ Shroud fan. Um, okay. Okay. I, I thought he was a little overrated, but the more of his tape I've watched, I, I, I'm buying in, I'm buying in because the, here's the weird thing about him. His ceilings, I, I won't say low, but it is lower than most of the top tier quarterbacks there. Like he does everything really well. But he doesn't really do anything poorly. Like it's just he's it's just there's nothing yeah. really like nothing really stands out at you. He does things, you know, very solidly, but nothing really is like, oh my god, that arm strength. Or like, oh my god, that accuracy. It's just like, okay, this is like he does everything pretty well. Mm -hmm. And it's it sounds weird. It's very hard to describe. But once you actually start watching him, it starts to make sense. So I actually I, I like this pick, and I will say this that I he he doesn't do he – do, he will never blow you away, but you will never blow a game either. So actually, I, I'm not – this is not my comp before people you know, kind of like start <laughs> blowing up on me because yeah. this is a terrible you know, play style-wise. This is not – this is a terrible comp. But in terms of uh, you know, kind of what I'm talking about, like he doesn't blow you away, but he'll always win you games. Kind of reminds me of Philip Rivers. Like name yeah, one thing Phil. 
No, I think yeah, that's name very one thing Philip Rivers did well, or like did it incredibly well. Like he was never like super accurate. He never had like a cannon arm, but he always like just did good enough to keep you in it. So I think CJ Stroud is a Philip Rivers, and screw if we get Philip Rivers at four, I'm happy. Especially after you we mean, got Philip Rivers two years ago. So I was about to say, you want prime yeah, Philip Rivers? I saw Phillip that joke already for you, didn't I? Yeah. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, I'm not going to spoil it here either. I have CJ Stroud here at number four. So now there is talk that possibly Will Levis could be the second Don't. quarterback taken because We're everybody's gonna We're gonna get yeah, to everybody's enamored with his arm talent and just the fact that he has a cannon. But it's like the thing that worries me is just he's just a athletic beast and that's it. Like it worries me that just maybe his pocket presence could be a factor. Maybe his awareness could be a factor. He's playing at Kentucky. So maybe that sort of worries uh, sort of affects things a little bit too. So that's why I'm a little bit more cautious with Will Levis. I like CJ Stroud as a more polished prospect. So I think he's going to be ready to go from day one. Like you said, he's not going to wow you in any sort of way, but he is going to be a guy who could come in, compete from day one and lead your team because clearly Indianapolis has not had that for a long time. Now I think this, guy could easily easily fix that hole that they've had for quite some time now so i, I, I like cj stroud want, definitely a lot more than will levis i just want a quarterback just give me a quarterback <laughs> not will levis but just give me any other quarterback yeah no i think that's fair all right so let's finish off the top five here with the number five pick and that's the seattle seahawks via the denver broncos because of this russell wilson trade so they it's made the playoffs head. Via via, I'm gonna say it the way I want. No, I'm um, being dick. It's real. <laughs> thanks to the Russell Wilson trade, you know they were able. The Seattle Seahawks were able to make the playoffs. I mean that was great. Geno Smith, comeback player of the year. They're a pretty competitive team, and now you get a top five pick to add on to your offense or your defense. Um, that's just really great. That's just really awesome for Seattle right now. So what do you think they do to sort of bolster that team with the number five overall pick? You know this one sucked. Cause I, I I try to go fun with it. I try to do like a crazy pick of like maybe they take quarterback or you know maybe they go receiver or something. But I was just like this one just makes too much sense and, and it's it's boring. Yes, I'm sorry guys. It's Miles Murphy, the defensive lineman out of Clemson. Uh, now Amir knows how I said defensive lineman though, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. not defensive tackle or defensive end because I think this is this is the whole reason why I was like they just need to take this guy because he is so versatile that he can play any position. Now he can't play edge rusher. Yeah, if you put this guy in coverage, I think you're gonna suffer a little bit. Yeah. But on, in terms of the pure defensive line, the front four, I, he can play anywhere and he can play anywhere on that line very very well. So I just I think this is a no brainer because Seattle's. I mean, their pass rushes. I mean, you want to talk non-existent pass rush. Whoo! They may be worse than Arizona. So it's, it's a little just, bit better than Arizona, but yeah, uh, they definitely need to improve. Not by That's much. Sure. Not That's by what I say. Yeah. Not by much, but it's still better. <laughs> so I think that it, he's just such a valuable, uh, valuable piece because you get all right. We draft a couple. A defensive end takes a slide in the second round. Seattle gets that defensive end. Great. We'll put Murphy at defensive tackle you know vice versa defensive tackle starts slipping great we can put murphy at defensive end like that just opens up so many possibilities for your draft strategy that he's just too valuable to pass up at at number five 
No, I have the same pick here, number five, Miles Murphy. Now, there is argument that, you know, some people are saying Tyree Wilson out of Texas Tech could possibly go here. Um, Lucas Van Ness is just rising up boards here, so maybe he's going to slip into the top ten possibly. But what I've seen from Miles Murphy, it's like I'm seeing a very penetrating type of defender. He can get into the backfield pretty easily. Like you said, in multiple positions, whether that's the defensive end in a standard 4-3 defense or the defensive tackle position as well. I think I see him more naturally as a defensive end as opposed to defensive tackle, but having I think that versatility is nice because then you can sort of rotate your fronts and sort of mix it up and go after, you know, the center or the guard or possibly, like I said, when you're at the end position, then going after one of the tackle spots, too. So having that versatility is great, but I see him play more of that end position. But just, yeah, I mean, he's really a good defender, and I think he'll probably beat out Tyree Wilson here. But, yeah, like I said, we'll see what happens with the combine. We'll see what happened with the pro days, and we'll see where they actually end up going. But I like Miles Murphy a little bit better than Tyree Wilson if I'm sort of looking at my position. A little bit? A little bit? No, he is leagues better. Okay, well, we'll get to that in a future episode. This is our watch oh, yes, here. Yes, so. we will. You're absolutely right. <laughs> Let's get to the second half of our top 10 here, Tad. Let's go with the Detroit Lions, who are in the top 10 as well, thanks to a trade with the Los Angeles Rams, with the Matthew Stratford trade, obviously. So, yeah, where do you think the Detroit Lions go with the number six pick? Because they're a very intriguing team they, heading into 2023. They're a very so intriguing hard. team. So if they make the right moves with the draft and free agency, they could be very competitive, possibly in contention for an NFC North title. So, yeah, this pick is going to be very interesting. Admittedly, I'm kind of pissed because I swear to God, guys, like three days ago, I'm like, you know what? I'm going to go hot take and say B. John Robinson. And then all of a sudden, like, that became like a popular <laughs> thing. I was like, God damn wow. it. Wow. And okay. I know, I swear to God, I swear to God, that is actually what I was going to do. So instead of doing the like hot take thing, um, you know what? I'm going to go with the previous, you know, quote unquote boring thing. But the reason I don't think this is boring is because this is a player, admittedly, I watched very little to nothing of. Uh, going into this offseason, but I heard the hype surrounding him, and the more I watched him, I was like, oh, this guy's legit. And it's Christian Gonzalez, the cornerback out of Oregon. This dude is amazing. I love him. He has great speed, great finacity. He is so, like, he just, you can just... It, that and this I kind of hate doing this when I you love so much you can't even start a sentence. Like, this well, is what's going this on. Is, this is why I struggle because I, I I hate when people go well you can just tell, right? Like that that's a terrible scouting thing. But sometimes there are just players where you can just tell, and it you can just tell with his instinctual abilities. He just has the it factor. And another funny thing I found is because I was like I have to just be you know like in over my head with this guy. And so I like looked up a couple – I try my best not to do this with players because I don't want my my view of them affected. Very rarely do I look up other people's scouting reports. But I was like, I'm, I'm too in love with this guy. Well, I looked up his scouting reports on other people because I was like, I'm – you know. And uh, they were like, well, sometimes he gets beat by bigger receivers. Well, sometimes he can't turn around as much. Well, he doesn't – he lacks top-end you know, speed. You just described like 90% of the corners in the NFL. Like those are very nitpicky complaints, which tells me that his overall game is so, so good. So I think he has all the physical tools to succeed in this game. And really my only one big worry is press. His press coverage is not good. But at this point in the NFL, press coverage is just leading to an unquestionable flag. So like if he goes top five, I really wouldn't be that surprised. Yeah, no, I think that's very fair. There's a lot of talk about possibly him being the best corner and the first corner taken off the board. He's got my number one. 
He's got yeah, my number. So it one. makes sense. And you're not alone with that. There's a lot of people out there that are saying that. But I also have a corner here going at number six, but it's not Christian Gonzalez. I yeah. have actually out of the University of Illinois, I got Whoa. David Witherspoon going here at number six. So I'm seeing a lot of, you know, talk about, you know, whether it's Devin Witherspoon, whether it's um Christian Gonzalez, you know, who's gonna be the number one pick here. So I think in either boat, I think you're okay. But I think the reason I went with Witherspoon here is just I saw him be a little bit more aggressive in the run game. I didn't see that as much with mm. Christian Gonzalez. That's I fair. understand yep, that. that's a good complaint. I understand with Devin Witherspoon, his height sort of comes into the factor. Obviously, with uh, uh, um, Christian Gonzalez, he's sort of your prototypical height for a corner, which is what you want to go up against some of these bigger receivers. But Devin Witherspoon, he didn't show any sort of like he wasn't afraid of any receiver that's coming after him. He was very aggressive. Like I said, he was very active in the run game, too. Like, I mean, there's just some great tackles that I saw that, I don't know, possibly may get flags. That's the way the referees call games. He may actually get a flag for a very clean hit, but it could very much happen. But I like that sort of willingness because I think it's also a very good matching between head coach and player. I feel they have very similar personalities that they're going to mesh really well together with Dan Campbell there in Detroit. So I got Devin Witherspoon here going to improve that Detroit defense at the corner position specifically. I know they've had some bad luck with some corners in the past, but I think they finally get over it with either Christian Gonzalez or Devin Witherspoon. I like both those guys. And this is the funny thing with the draft, right? Because this is actually kind of what happens with GMs. It's all about preference. Because, mm -hmm. like, you like his aggressiveness. I actually watched his tape, and I did not like his aggressiveness because I was yeah. just like, I, I, I like my corners to play a little safe. That's your whole job as a corner. Stay yeah. back. Do not go for that tackle. But if you like a more aggressive corner, 100% Witherspoon's your guy. Like, I, no, if you like a more aggressive corner, do not go for Gonzalez. He is not an yeah. aggressive player at all, and that's why I like him. But that's the funny thing, and that's what makes mock drafts so hard. And so I love when people are like, well, Kuiper only went like three for ten. I'm like, dude, three for ten is pretty good in the top <laughs> yeah. ten. Like that's 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 not bad. It's who knows these guys' pro, uh, personal preferences, and it's just funny because yeah, no, it, it, I, I I'm just laughing because you love his aggressiveness, and when I was watching his tape, I was like, too aggressive. Too aggressive. No, I'm like, fair. I don't like that's him. That's fair. And it's just so funny that you sort of laid that out there about like, you know, GMs having their personal preference because we did this mock draft last year when we were talking about quarters and we were talking about Jay-Z Horn and Patrick Sertan. Mm -hmm. That was last yeah. year, right? Or was it the year before? I can't uh, remember. Two years ago, I believe. Was it two years ago? Okay. I'm but we were sort of doing this mock draft here and you had Patrick Sertan go at first. And I was like, no, I think actually J.C. Horn ends up going first because I think of the preference of, you know, I can't remember who I slated him to, but I was like, I think because of the preference to a certain team, J.C. Horn right actually be the first corner off the board i'm not saying he's the better corner but just he's going to be because of the team's preference and it ended up actually playing out that way that jc horn went ahead of patrick sertan i mean nobody's questioning patrick sertan skills nobody's questioning jc horn skills but like you said it really plays into how a team thinks about their defense and their strategies and how they want to scheme up and so yeah certain players fit a certain profile better so mm -hmm. two years ago confirmed two years ago there we go all right all right, so let's move it on here. We got a couple more picks left to go. Let's get to the Las Vegas Raiders here. There's no trades with anybody, so they're staying here at number seven. Um, who do you like here at number seven? Okay, I'm going to need your help here. The Las Vegas Raiders at number seven take Peter Skornoski. Oh, uh, you were saying it so good before we started. It's Skoronsky. I know. Skoronsky. 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 Damn it. I'll, I'll pronounce it. No, I won't. I'm not going to make that promise. <laughs> Skoronsky. Excuse me. I'm sorry, uh, Skoronsky. So he is the offensive tackle on Northwestern. I, here's, again, I, I know I just touched on this note again. People are like, well, clear. again, but when it comes to preferences, my, yeah. pre my preferences are becoming very clear now. People are going, <laughs> 
Why are you taking the Northwestern guy over, especially casual football fans, over Paris Johnson with Ohio State? Well, I'll tell you why. Because Skaronsky can play. Nailed it. Can play multiple offensive lineman roles. So a lot like another Northwestern tackle who was recently drafted. What's his name? Recent offensive tackle that was drafted? Out of Northwestern. Out of Northwestern? You got me. I don't know. Rashawn Slater. Oh, Rashawn Slater went to Northwestern. I forgot about that one. Okay. Yeah, yeah. See, there you go. So, exactly. But that's my whole point is people are going like, oh, my God, like all these Northwestern tackles. What's going on with these small school guys? First off, they're in the Big Ten. They're barely a small school. But Rashawn Slater had a lot of similar complaints of like, yes, he has a very good instinctual tackle, but he has very short arms. Okay. But if you have that versatility where the short arms kind of kill you on the tackle position, where it could – the Raiders need help all over that offensive line. So yeah. if he sucks a tackle, moving him to guard, moving him to center, it's really not that hard. Well, it is hard to switch positions, but it's not hard for the Raiders to go, okay, you busted there. Let's try and move you over there. We've seen exactly. it happen before. So I think that kind of versatility ups his value. So I like Skarnowski. Oh, dude, you messed it Damn up. Damn it! <laughs> you messed it up, you got it right, then you messed it up again. Skaronsky. Skaronsky. Skaronsky, there you go. <laughs> I, I said it before you did. I, I got Skaronsky. I, I promise I will get that right before the draft. See, there you I made two a promise. <laughs> Not enough time. <laughs> Clearly. Um, so I'm sticking with the offensive lineman position as well, but I'm going to go with the pick that you sort of laid out already, Paris Johnson Jr. out of Ohio State. And exactly like I said, I, Not did, that I pick. think – I think Skaronsky would be a good fit here too, but I think they sort of need to anchor that left tackle position, and that's where you get a guy like Paris Johnson Jr. Like I was watching some tape of C.J. Stroud, and there were lots of times where he had a clean pocket because Paris Johnson was able to keep him clean, right? So it's like I think they sort of need that depending on which quarterback they bring in to start. So they sort of need to definitely upgrade the offensive line. So whether it's Skaronsky or whether it's my pick here or Paris Johnson Jr., I think both are good fits for Las Vegas here at number seven because – Oh, boy, they need the help for sure. So. Well, so re- real quick, given both of our picks, and you kind of touched on this already, I think it's safe to assume we were both assuming – I won't say who, but they're going to bring in a vet quarterback, right? They're not going – I think so. I considered – there's a lot of box dress out there that are saying, you know, one of the combinations of quarterbacks, whether it's C.J. Stroud, Will Levis, possibly Anthony Richardson here. I kind of wanted to go that route, but I was like, I think they go the veteran move. I think they go the veteran route. It just doesn't feel like a team that's like, okay, let's build around this rookie. It's like a team that's like, no, we need to like plug this guy and like hopefully this works. Because we talked about this on LA Confidential recently with our good friend Chauncey Talese on his podcast. We're like, the Raiders are sort of in a win now mode because Josh McDaniels has a very, very hot seat. So I think he needs to get a quarterback who could win for him now as opposed to a rookie that is like, okay, we got some time to develop. And it's not a D'Amico Ryan situation where it's like, you got to couple years Demi- where you D- yeah D'Amico of- has like three or four years exactly, exactly. McDaniel may only have McDaniel's, one <laughs> yeah possibly one we'll see about that <laughs> it's like yeah so I think they go to the better move whether it's Jimmy Garoppolo whether they make the big move to swing for Aaron Rodgers I don't know what they're going to do but I think they go to veteran route 100% not the rookie route here so that's why they go off at the line for sure so let's keep things moving along here we got the Atlanta Falcons here at number eight who do you like here at number eight Ted well, I don't like the player, but uh, this is what I think that will happen. And I, I, this is the pick I'm really excited for. This is the one I, I, I was like, oh, this is going to be good. At number eight, the Atlanta Falcons take Will Levis, the quarterback out of Kentucky. Okay. Okay. Why is no one projecting Atlanta to take a quarterback? I get that Desmond Ritter didn't look terrible. He did not look good. Like he, he looks like a solid backup at best. And if Will Levis or 
potentially Anthony Richardson falls to Atlanta eight, which I think one of them will. Why should they take a look at it? And look, I'm not Will Levis is the definition of a love hate guy, right? He yeah. has uh, you you mentioned this earlier. He has all the physical tools there to mm-hmm, succeed. Mm-hmm. He has a rocket arm. He throws a beautiful spiral. He you know is as pretty solid mobility. I'm not gonna say it's like a Lamar Jackson type because that would be well stupid. Um, <laughs> but he he has that mobility to sure. you know move around the pocket and move downfield. The problem is he just needs so much development. He yeah. tries to make every play a big home run play. He's like the wannabe Seth Curry of college football last year. He was like, no, no, no I can throw a 50-yard touchdown. It's like, you're on the 20. Relax, dude. Like, just like, you know, hit your check down. And he tries to make so many things happen. He is so confident. And it was funny because I actually had a similar complaint about Kenny Pickett last year. It was like, throw the ball, throw the ball, throw the ball. And he just got sacked. Good job, dude. And like, it's just, it, he's a hugely frustrating player because you can see all the promise there, but it's just going to take the right coaching staff to form that up. And honestly, what better coach than the guy that made Ryan Tannehill look good? Like That's Arthur fair. Smith, yeah. like that pairing. Oh, that could be dirty. Dirty verse, get dirty, dirty verse. I like it. No, yeah, that's actually dirty, one of the few jokes dirty, I liked, actually. Dirty. Yes, <laughs> you've done in two years of this podcast. That's one of the few that I actually liked. But it's actually Even a blind funny, squirrel finds a nut. <laughs> it's actually funny, Ted, because you're saying you like the pairing of Arthur Smith and Will Levis. I'm saying that's the reason they don't go with Will Levis because oh, Arthur Smith okay. has won with Ryan Tannehill, who doesn't have the physical gifts that a Will Levis has. And obviously, one of the biggest rumors mm, out there okay. in the offseason is that Atlanta is very much in the market for Lamar Jackson, who you I was worried about that. So I was worried like, about that when I made this. I'm pick, wondering yeah. if that's part of the reason why lots of these mock drafts are not putting Will Levis there at number eight. And you know, like you said, I think they have Desmond Ritter. I think they want to see what they have from him for no, one more no, year no, at least. It. I understand that they got some better quarterbacks coming out next year with your Caleb Williams and a bunch of other quarterbacks that I can't think of off the top of my head right now, but just like there's a possibility that they can upgrade at the position next year too. So that's why I'm not seeing Will Levis go here at number eight. So what I have here at number eight is whatever is left over between Tyree Wilson and Miles Murphy. So in this case, Mm. it's Tyree Wilson here at Texas Tech. They need to upgrade that pass rush. You know, Gray Jarrett's getting up there in years. He can't do this forever. They lost a lot of their pass rushers with Foye, Aluaquan, and Deion Jones, and some of those guys are gone too. So they need to upgrade that defensive line to get after the quarterback because we talked about this once again on LA Confidential. The NFC South is wide open. If you could sort of cement yourself to sort of improve at certain places, you could compete in that division to win the division for sure. So yeah, you Get a guy like Tyree Wilson, that's a big step in the right direction. So, yeah, I think they upgrade the pass rush with Tyree Wilson. Very good defender, very good pass rusher. He's going to go into Atlanta. Not change his colors. Go from black and red Texas Tech to black and red in Atlanta. So I like that. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, not bad. That would also be about the eighth uh, pass rusher the Falcons have drafted in about the last decade. No, that's fair. But there's a reason why they keep doing it because they just – It's like it's, it. it's that <laughs> and the Miami Dolphins drafting O-linemen. Like those two are just – it's – yeah. So let's get to the final two picks here. We got number nine here with the Carolina Panthers. Which direction do you think they go here at number nine? You know, run on quarterbacks now. I think the Panthers kind of panic, being like, well, we need somebody. So I think they kind of reach – not even a little bit. They reach and take Anthony Richardson. I like Anthony Richardson a lot. Unfortunately, he is a project. He is the perfect – end. you know, he's – I hate making this comparison because they're not – their play style is not similar, but I do like – just in terms of development, 
He is Lamar Jackson 2.0. And what I mean by that, again, not by – not by Lamar Jackson not, this episode. Like, what's not by on? play style. Not by play style, though. Here's what sure. I mean, though. Lamar Jackson, taken at the end of the first round, was given a couple of years to develop. And then you could just tell he developed his game for a year or two, and then he was good to go. That's Anthony Richardson right there. But the problem is just because quarterbacks – I had a friend text me a couple days ago, like, why is he being projected in the top ten? I thought he wasn't that good. And it is a mix of overvalued quarterbacks, but it's also a good mix of he has all the physical tools, kind of like what we were talking about earlier. There's everything there to succeed. He just needs the right coaching. And so I, while I don't love this Panthers – fit for him because if he goes to the Panthers and let's say find a bridge quarterback he will start right away I think this is what will happen is because the Panthers they need somebody I I don't think they're going to leave this draft without a quarterback in the first two rounds that's very fair but um I think the biggest thing for me is that I still have a little bit of hope that Matt Corral is going to pan out for them that I know they're going to lose Sam Darnold in free agency they got PJ Walker on the roster too but there's a reason they drafted Matt Corral last year fortunately he had the injury so he didn't play at all last year I think he definitely would have played based on how that quarterback situation was going last season so I think at some at some some point he definitely would have 100% he would have so I think going into 2023 now he's going to be healthy I think he's going to be definitely part of that competition but yeah you're right maybe they're going to get a quarterback to insert into the competition with pj walker uh matt corral and then in your case your pick here anthony richardson maybe they bring in a vet as well for competition see who can sort of beat each other out so i got a quarterback position here too i'm not super in love with it but i think like you said the panthers sort of need to get another quarterback who could possibly inject some life into that offense and i think david tepper the owner is getting very frustrated getting impatient. oh yes he is yes he is. <laughs> He might get enamored by this guy, and I know we sort of talked about him a little bit as far as him being a physical freak, but maybe not so much, you know, being a neck down player as opposed to being a neck up player, and that's Will Levis, the quarterback out of Kentucky. So it's like I think with this offense, he's going to be raw. Obviously, he's going to need time to develop, and I think the Panthers will sort of take this here and sort of take him as a project. Frank Reich has worked with quarterbacks before. I think he's going to take him on as a project here. He has experience with that. Um, So I like I said, between him and Anthony Richardson, I think because of the physical tools that Will Levis has, he may go ahead of Anthony Richardson in this case. But I do like the Anthony Richardson fit to Carolina. I think that's a pretty good fit there. But, yeah, I think we're both in agreement. They probably go quarterback at number nine to see where things can go from there, right? So let's get to the last pick here. Number 10, it is the NFC champion Super Bowl Uh not Super Bowl winners, unfortunately. They were close to Super winning. Super Bowl run, runner-ups, runner-ups. Oh, runner-ups. That's the one I was looking for. Thank you. Uh, the Philadelphia it. Eagles, thanks to the San New Orleans Saints in the trade last year. Um, so where do you think they go to close out the top 10 here, Ted? If I'm an Eagles fan, it was funny you should ask that because I was like, okay, I have all these players left. And I was looking, I'm like, oh, my God. If this happens, this is just not fair. Because if I'm an Eagles fan, I'm losing my mind at this pick. I think if he is still there, the Eagles, there is no way they pass up Tyree Wilson. Like, that would be insane. That would be crazy because what did you say earlier? Their front seven was their biggest strength. The problem is half of their front seven is either going to retire or leave in free agency this year. Like, that's that's the Eagles' big big Mm -hmm. issue. It's like they are losing a ton of good players to free agency. Now, Bijan Robinson is also an interesting name to hold on to, but I think that Sirianni is confident enough that like we can make do with you know some mid round receiver. Maybe uh, Dwayne McBride. Listen to our last episode for a preview exactly. on that. Oh my God, that just hit me. Dwayne McBride in that offense. Whoo! 
Um, a lot of great running backs that could get late. Yeah. Dwayne McBride, yeah. Tajay Spears. I mean, Chase oh, Brown, oh. who I really like. Deuce Vaughn. Stop I mean, putting that evil on me, Ricky Bobby. Sorry. <laughs> we'll get to that in another episode. But, yeah, I think that's a smarter but, move. But they don't go with Bijan Robinson here. Exactly. But, anyway, it, in, in a way, this pick almost reminds me of – god damn, Rayfield. About a decade ago when the Eagles selected Brandon Graham, and a lot of people were like, oh, that's a risky pick. This is a pure athlete. Yeah. And look how well that turned out. Is he 100%. was arguably one of the best Eagles pass rushers of all time. And so I think that they can surround him with enough talent, him being Tyree Wilson, where he can develop. Because that's his big thing. He has all the physical tools to succeed, but he needs time to develop some technique. Because he's so mm-hmm. used to just bull rushing and being bigger yeah. than everybody else in college that you, you, you're not going to do that in the pros. He, he will do it sometimes. But to be truly good, you need to learn a little bit. And the Eagles is a perfect situation there because he'll – and situation is a very purposeful word because he will be a situational pass rusher for one or two years. That third year, oh, man, look out for him. Hassan Reddick, Jordan yep. Davis from last year's draft. Good Lord. Possibly Tyree Wilson. My and then God. you also have to remember they have Josh Twett. God they'll be it. fine <laughs> losing some of those free agents or all of them. <laughs> like they'll be just fine. But yeah, I hate that's them. a match made in heaven <laughs> for sure. Like, like I said, I, I was looking at all the prospects that I had left on my, on my big board. And I was just like, Oh, that's just too good. Yeah. I'm like, I don't even like the Eagles. I kind of hate them to be honest. And I was just like, <laughs> if I've, I've, is Howie Roseman third GM, right? Yep. Yeah. He's yeah. If, if I'm Howie Roseman and Tyree Wilson is there, I'm like, don't even use the full time and just call him. Call him. Sure, there's <laughs> nine minutes, 30 seconds left. I don't care. Call him. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So I'm also looking at the roster and I'm seeing their potential free agents. So they got Chauncey Gardner Johnson, who's a potential free agent. They got He's James Bradbury, who's up. a potential free agent as well. They only have Avante Maddox in the slot. So I think mm-hmm. they fill the corner position, possibly bringing back one of those guys, whether it's Gardner Johnson or James Bradbury, and they go the corner position. So I already have Devin Weatherspoon going to number six to the Detroit Lions. So I have your guy, Christian Gonzalez, here going oh, to God the damn it. Eagles at number 10. <laughs> like, I mean, this is just crazy. The fact that. It's not fair. They were in the Super Bowl. Why are they getting all these good players? Exactly. They have a day one starter at Gonzalez. He's a perfect fit for that defense. I really think they're going to be just fine inserting him as a day one starter opposite of James Bradbury or a Chauncey Gardner Johnson. I think they'll probably go with Chauncey Gardner Johnson over James Bradbury. I heard Bradbury sort of wants to get more money, so he's probably not going to get paid by the Eagles for sure. So, yeah, Chauncey Gardner Johnson on one side. Then you got Christian Gonzalez on the other side. Once again, they're sad sort of thing there. So, but yeah, they have a litany of picks that they can sort of go through when they get to number 10, which is crazy because, yeah, they were just in the Super Bowl, which is just insane. Three points away from winning the thing. Exactly. Exactly. Three points in a Rihanna platform. (laughs) So, those are our top 10 picks. And yeah, in case you're sort of skipping ahead and you just want to get through all the picks and you sort of miss some of the picks that we had, or you're listening through and you're like, wait, who did Tad pick? Who did Umar pick? What's going on here? Don't worry. We got you covered. You see our social media handles down below. This is the time we're plugging it. We're going to be posting graphics of both of our top 10 picks, so you'll be able to see it all as you're listening to the episode or, you know, if you're in a hurry and you don't want to listen to the episode, which, you know, will be a little bit hurt inside. But if you just want to see the picks, you can go to our social media handles. A lot, a you lot got- hurt. 
yeah, a lot hurt for sure. So you see our social media handles down below. You can find us on Twitter, my personal handle on the side 23. You got Tad's at Tad's side 94, the show handle D side guys. And of course, we've said this before, all graphics go on Instagram first before they go into Twitter. So make sure you follow us on Instagram at the side guys. That's where the graphics are going to go first. So make sure you're doing all of that. And I mean, I know this was a little bit longer than some of our previous episodes, but we got a lot of great content. I'll buy like six minutes. Let's drop well, stuff. It's maybe, fine. Maybe, maybe. <laughs> uh, but yeah, we appreciate everybody who tuned in the whole way. And, you know, we got a lot more great content. We sort of talked about it. There were some topics that we wanted to get to, but we're like, we'll save it for another episode. Yeah, we got a lot of more great content coming for you yeah. the rest of this month and every single day leading up to the draft for sure. So make sure you're subscribing wherever you listen to your podcast, whether that's on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify. If you listen right on the LEFB Network website, wherever you listen to your podcast, hit that subscribe button. Always be up to date with all of our podcasts and when they're dropping. And hey, if you're watching us on YouTube, subscribe to our YouTube channel. And also make sure you subscribe to the LEFB Network YouTube channel. We have our own individual playlist there still. So make sure you got both fronts covered because, yeah, we got a lot of great com- content coming for you on both sides there. Uh, and, yeah, who knows? We may be dropping a couple articles. So make sure you check it out the LEFB Network website as well. So, guys, there's a lot of things you can be doing with our podcast, whether you're watching, listening, reading, interacting with us on social media, anything and everything, guys, that you're doing. We really just can't thank you enough. And guys, just in case, let me go pessimistic here for a second. In case you think our takes suck, don't worry, because we have plans to bring on way more people to bring on to, you know, argue with us, to bring in other top tens, argue that, you know, maybe Christian Gonzalez isn't this great. What the hell are you guys talking about? Because, you know, Amir, I know you're you don't watch a whole lot of college football. Yeah. I'm asleep by the time Pac-12 football comes on most of the time. So <laughs> yeah, we have sure. a lot of Pac-12 experts coming on. So they For are sure. going to give us great analysis. They're going to give us great mock drafts. But you can always find it here on the Decide Guys football forum. So as always, everyone, thank you so much for listening. Thank you so much for watching. And please stay safe, everyone.